Well, hi there, everybody. Sorry to interrupt your other podcasts that you're listening to, but a little uh, fun announcement to make here. Casey, in summertime, we'd like to get up to some antics. And those antics would involve getting a bunch of nerds together and doing what nerds do best, yelling at each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So we are going to do Nerd Debate live this year. <gasps> Nerd Debate 5 live. There we in go. Person. Boom. That yes. is the subtitle. We just came up with it. We will be doing this at the amazing Bullfinch Brew Pub here in Syracuse, New York. So find all the information that you need at our social media or at nightshiftradio.com. We've drank Bullfinch's beer before. Dave, the brewmaster at Bullfinch, makes amazing beers. Check out the amazing stuff that's happening in Bullfinch. You can go to bullfinchbrewpub.com. Come join us on Saturday, July the 29th at 7.30 and be sure to be ready to listen to a bunch of nerds <laughs> argue with each other. <laughs> Alright, we're going to leave your podcast now. Goodbye. <laughs> You're listening to the Never Heard of It podcast. A Night Shift Radio original. Every week we bring you the good, the bad, the weird, and lesser known streaming movies. Hit subscribe for new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. I had a hiccup just before we did the clap, and now I'm nervous that I'm going to have to. I'm going to have the hiccups while we're, while we're recording. That'll be interesting. It would be. Uh, uh-huh. Be, it would just be like, oh no, Bree's drunk the whole yeah. this whole episode. <laughs> but like, but like Bugs Bunny cartoon drunk, not like yeah. real life drunk. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with like the bubbles coming. You know, yeah. like that's now listen. Yeah. You listen to me. <laughs> <laughs> see, that's see. The, here's the thing. Like, you know, I grew up. My parents were in softball. They they had a, a team called the Bar Team mm. because they loved going to bars. That makes uh, sense. You know, they did bowling and stuff like that. They, you know, uh, we had this huge uh, um, like plot of land. I mean, we had a trail, literally a trailer, on this giant plot of land with a huge pool uh, in in uh, Phoenix, New York, where where I grew where I grew up until I was about eight. And so they would have the whole softball team and other softball teams would come over and they would just party and drink in the yard and like hang out. So like I saw real drunk people all the time, right? All the time. My, sure. you know, my, my mom and them were always partying. There was always drinking and stuff like that. They used to get beer balls. I don't know if you remember those, but they were like, they look like giant, um, uh, like Christmas ornaments, like the, the bulbs. Yeah. Uh, but they were just filled with beer. Yeah. That's, um, a, that's these, a weird idea. Yeah, so beer balls. But I remember, I remember being like five and watching my mom and her friends like stand up like bowling pins and then roll the beer balls at them. So they and then everyone would like pretend to fall down. Um, it was really great. It was very funny. Good, weird childhood. Really weird childhood. But like, so I saw drunk people, but still, I watched Bugs Bunny and then expected that all drunk people would act like how they acted on that show. And then, you know, even though I saw really drunk people, I was just like, no, this is how you act when you're drunk. So I expected it yeah. and I never saw it. No, and it was kind of disappointing. It's very disappointing. Yeah. Uh, you know, really like cartoons set us up for a much more interesting reality than what we actually got. I know it's quite, it's quite a shame. Like I truly thought I could just throw a black hole somewhere and reach in and grab anything I wanted. <laughs> uh, I mean, that happened all the time. Portable hole. Portable hole. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of portable hole, never mind. That's not this podcast. We're not going to talk.
We're not talking dirty here. <laughs> but speaking of cartoons, I mean, it's, you know, not exactly like cartoons, cartoons, uh, but there is, uh, it's spring anime season right oh. now. Um, so, you know, a lot of new shows coming, of course, a lot of big, uh, popular returning shows, you mm -hmm. know, like Dr. Stone is returning, uh, Demon Slayer is returning for its third season with the Sword Village arc. Um, Birdie Wing Golf, A Girl's Story is returning for a season two. But on top of that, every season there is some, a set of new series, a brand new premiere of series. And I, I love anime and I appreciate animes with really weird long titles okay uh so here are a couple that i wrote down um just Ooh. so we could we could talk about them so Excellent. uh the first one dead mount death play um just sounds like a random bit of words but the battle between a hero and a necromancer rages on with a fight across space and time love sounds that sounds amazing the 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 thing you know dead mount death play crazy love it to death absolutely great uh here's another one the title actually isn't bad um but i watched the first episode of this uh today actually it's called hell's paradise a group of criminals and executioners are sent to a remote island to retrieve the elixir of life Ooh. but this is sent during the edo period of of japan okay so there's like ninjutsu involved and that kind of stuff really really yeah. cool uh, the next one, this is where the titles start getting weird. <clears throat> I got a cheat skill in another world and became unrivaled in the weir weird uh, real world too. What? So a boy, <laughs> yeah, I got a cheat skill in another world and became unrivaled in the real world too. Two as in also or two as, as in, in also. Okay. As in also. Yep. Uh, so a boy travels to another world to level up and gain new cheat skills in his past and present life. Love that. So, uh, so the story, of course, is Isekai. That's where a person gets transported to another world. Mm -hmm. So basically, he's, you know, Isekai. He goes to another world. He, you know, gets crazy, you know, magic skills and stuff like that, but then goes back to his real world and realizes he has all of that stuff, too. Very crazy. Um, this one is actually a season two, but it's in another world with my smartphone, uh, <laughs> season two. Um, so this one's actually really cool is, is uh, Toya and his sister go they're like pro gamers and they end up getting transported to another world but they have their cell phones that oh. still work exactly like they do except they also have like special powers Ooh. so they keep like gaming people like you know whether it's like poker or like chess or they like create video games like they, that's how they like winning battles and what is really weird um yeah uh, so another one is uh, kamikatsu working for god in a godless world also really interesting. Great story. That's fascinating. Uh, the heir to a cult is reincarnated to another world where the concept of God does not exist. Love it. What happens to their cult? Do we ever right. find out? <laughs> I, I don't know. The show it doesn't air until uh, the 5th, so I'll, I'll find out a, an idea then. Are they the sole heir? Is the cult now, uh, <laughs> now the, like rudderless? I have to what know. Is it, right? <laughs> uh, so here's another one. My clueless first friend. Uh, this is a good one. So a transfer student meets one gloomy classmate and a brand new friendship begins. Ooh. This is this is a slice of life story okay. like that one. Uh, and then this one, I actually watched the first episode uh, today, and I, I really like this one. I think it's going to be a cute little like love story. My love story with Yamada-kun at level 999. Oh. So a love story begins between two gamers, one who maybe loves the same game too much. Oh. But it actually starts off where uh, she's dating this guy. He dumps her for someone else that he met while playing this big RPG game that they all play. 
And she ends up running into this other guy who ends up being like a pro famous gamer, but he's extremely aloof and he only responds with like one word answers. And she bumps into him, you know, uh, in game and then him in real life. And at the same time, her boyfriend comes up and is like, oh my God, Yamada-kun, like you're so famous. Like I, you're, you're like, I idolize you. This is crazy. And then he's like, Akane, what are you doing here? And she's like, this is my boyfriend. And Yamada-kun's like, what? So very cute. So it's got this cute little, you know, game going on with that. Very like that one. And then this is the last one. There's some other really good ones, but this is the last one. My one hit kill sister. Uh, love it already. Uh, a brother and sister are sent to another world, Isekai, uh, mm-hmm. with the older sister getting some overpowered skills. So I love me an Isekai story. A lot of them this season, which is very common. Isekai is insanely popular in Japanese anime. I mean, it, it is like the majority of plots are are some form of Isekai uh, with a lot of these stories. So I'm very excited for this season. Some good stuff coming up. Yeah, I mean, the sky's the limit when you're in another world. So like, literally, that, that's yeah. a really smart idea for anime to use that as a plot device. So yeah, and it always ends up the other world plays out like an RPG video game where they can like look at their stats and level things up and stuff like that. It's it's pretty cool. I I'm I a fan. I know, right? That would I mean, be so cool. Doing that in the real world would involve entirely too much math and spreadsheets. <laughs> yes, seriously. I mean, it's all, you'd have to carry out a big notebook all the way and be like, hang on, I got to level up my, you know, I'm, I'm in due for a long rest to give me, give me an hour or two. I forget what uh, my skill in math is. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> so outside of that, I also watched a brand new movie that came out on Netflix uh, and you're probably thinking like, oh, was it the Adam Sandler one? It was not the Adam Sandler one. Oh. Even though I will watch that one because it was directed by Jeremy Gerlich, uh, oh. who oh, owns hey. American High. This is a big deal for him. So out of respect for Jeremy, I will end up watching Murder Mystery, but I'm probably going to watch the first one first because this is Murder Mystery 2. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. But the movie that I watched uh, was called Kill Bong Soon. What? Um, Kill Bong Soon. Okay. Uh, so, uh, this is a brand new Korean film that just launched on, uh, Netflix. Um, you know, very, very excited for this. It looked really, really cool. Um, oh, is that the story? Is that the title now? I'm trying to find it, but I can't find it on, uh, um, IMDb. But anyways, so bamboozled. uh, I've been bamboozled and maybe it's not kill, uh, it's kill something. Um, box soon, box soon. That's what it is. Kill Boxoon. So really cool story. So the IMDb description for this one is a single mother who is a renowned hired killer finds it difficult to achieve a balance between her personal life and her work life. As happens. Um, as happens, right? This is a good story. So she has a 15-year-old daughter. Uh, so her name is Gil Boxoon. Um, but oh. because she's so good at her job, everyone calls her Kill Boxoon. I get it. But it also works out because in the end of the movie, towards the end of the movie, an order is issued to kill her, so it's kill Boxoon. So there's like a two, what? like a two for play on words, right? I know. It's pretty good. Now, there is like an element of John Wick to this story. Like, you know, she's a master assassin. She's trying to protect her family, you know, type deal and like just do her job. Um, so she works for a big firm called MK. Uh, and here's the, the interesting about this is that the the firm calls their their contracts, their kills, they call them shows. So they say like, 
okay, you got to go to the show and do the thing. So that's what, you know, instead of saying okay. like, go do the hits or go do the kill or whatever, like the assassination, they call them shows. And I thought that was really interesting. It's good to have a code word when you're doing murder. Yeah, a little bit, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I thought there's something very theatric about it, right? Yeah. So we, you know, we learned that the director uh, or the head of this organization, you know, he has a soft spot for, for Boxoon. Um, you know, she's been with the company for a really long time. Uh, but his sister, who is the director of the company, just plain hates Boxoon, does not like her whatsoever. That's rude. And is like really out to get her. So Boxoon goes to do a show. Um, and she has an intern with her. I also think it was great that she had an intern to her assassination uh, yes. appointment. I thought that was really great. <laughs> so she goes to do this uh, this kill, and you know, one of the rules of the company is we don't kill kids, right? No, no minors whatsoever. Yeah. So she goes and she goes to kill this guy, and you know, it's supposed to look like a suicide. They pump in sleeping gas into the apartment, so he passes out, and then they're going to stage the suicide. Um, but when she does, she realizes he's really young. Like he's maybe 18. Like he's he's barely an adult, you know, like mm-hmm. like was a minor like a month ago type deal. And she's like, I don't know, man, like I don't feel good about this. And she reads the suicide note, which she makes a point of saying, like, I don't ever read the suicide note. The less I know, the better. Like just go in, do my job, get out. Makes sense. So she reads the suicide note and learns that it's all about a political ploy because his dad is a senator or like a prime minister or something like that uh, in in Korea. And she's like, so this is all just politics. Like, I don't deal in politics either. Like, I kill bad guys. Like, Mm -hmm. my job is to go kill people that are bad. She's like, I don't like this. This is political ploy. Like, we're taking this. So she bails out of the um, assignment, out of the show, and reports back like, hey, I failed the task. If you fail a task, though, you got to get killed. That's the end of the story. Because, like, you're out. You failed, you're out. Um, that. So, of course, the the head of everything is like, I don't want to do that. This is Boxoon. Like, let's negotiate something. You know, her contract was due to, to expire, and the director was worried that she was going to leave to stay become a better parent for her 15-year-old daughter who was going through some, uh, going through some things. Um and she promised she would not do that. So there's kind of like this, well, your contract's ending soon. You promised you wouldn't leave because of your kid, but it feels like you're going to leave. And she's like, fine, don't come kill me. I'll renew my contract. And, you know, but I have a couple of, you know, things I want you to get around. Like you can't do, you know, this, you can't kill the kid. You can't hire somebody else to kill this kid. That's that. I'll sign the contract, whatever you want to do. So this power struggle ensues and, you know, uh, thing, but there's a really cool stylized thing about this is that when Boxing is fighting, she'll have a moment where she'll look like she's about to do something and you'll see the whole thing play out oh. and you'll see her like die. And then it rewinds back to Boxing, like knowing that, Hey, if I do this thing, I'm going to die. So she, then she does something different and it's really cool. And in the end of the movie, the big, big fight scene that plays out like multiple times. So there's this huge room where like matrix style, you know, clones of all the people are fighting like around and she's seeing the different ways that she's going to die until she finds the one move where if she does this, 
she'll win the day, right? Neat. Very, very cool. I loved the stylistic part of this. The story's really great. The mother-daughter dynamic could have used more of it, to be honest. Uh, I really could have done more of them talking. They don't really talk a lot, but the the big moment in the end kind of works out. Um, but all the killing things, the the intri- you know, the the sort of inner politics of these assassinations, because MK is like the big company, but there's a bunch of subsidiary assassin companies that all work under MK's umbrella, and they're all different, like how of assassins freaking loved it really really loved it i think it was such an amazing movie um just came out again kill box soon uh korean film just came out on netflix highly recommend watching it especially if you're a john wick fan i think this is like a perfect korean vert like version of john wick and i hate that we have to compare all assassin films to john wick nowadays but the movies are just so good that you kind of <laughs> like you can't not like every you know space film is is like set against star wars at this moment you know like every shark film is set against jaws like it's the same sort of idea now yeah, I mean, you've, you've got your touchstones that, that things are compared against, and it, it makes sense. Um, I, on the other hand, far from pursuing new things, have uh, continued on my nostalgia kick. Uh, last week we were talking about how I had uh, watched the, uh, the, the Michael Bay Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, I'm here to tell you, I watched the sequel. I watched Out of the Shadows. Uh, yeah, all right. And it was definitely a Michael Bay film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean he definitely has a a stick he has a style and it is very clear like the the like climactic battle where they're fighting kang uh, kang uh krang i'm thinking mcu now uh where right. they're, they're fighting krang the conqueror uh is very like it could have been straight out of the transformers movies he's got like his camera angles and like his movement effects like around the battle like it's very signature style and uh in in small doses i actually really like that like the the transformers movies as we were talking about last week like they got a little bit much when it came to some of that shit but like in small doses i think michael bay's style does work um i recognized entirely too much of the film which leads me to believe that maybe like i half watched it on like a flight one time or something like that because like I recognized the some of the the bebop and rocksteady scenes. I recognized like the entire intro where they're up in the the jumbotron watching the game and the pizza falls. Like, uh, and so I was like, wait, am I am I rewatching this? But there was also plenty that I didn't recognize. So like, I don't know, man. But uh, yeah, I mean, Will Arnett's Vern is still stupid. Um, but uh, between between those two Ninja Turtles movies and our uh, episode coming up this uh, this Sunday, the most Megan Fox I've been exposed to in a long time, uh, oh, yeah, and just like continues to reinforce to me that like I think she's done dirty by the the role she's cast in because I I think she's significantly better than she gets credit for because she just gets really bad parts and I don't think it's her fault I think she does the best with what she has. Yeah, I, I feel like she's one of those actors, you know, where they were like, oh, you're pretty, great, that's all you have to offer. And she's like, wait, but but, but mm. also, like, and you know what does a really good job of of showcasing that? Jennifer's body. Oh, yeah, Fucking yeah, yeah. love that movie, and she is fantastic in that movie, and it shows the range that she can play, mm-hmm. you know, but then, you know, she is still a little bit objectifying, you know, but like... It's kind of the point of the movie, and she even talks about how, like, you know, it was a weird experience with that, but she loves that movie, too. Yeah, yeah, and that makes sense. Um, Speaking of bad writing, though, so, to some extent, I will say, rightfully, uh, Velma got dunked on a lot for for bad writing. Um, I don't think it deserved the, like, the 
level of shit that it got. I definitely think it it deserved some some blowback because well, I mean a lot of the jokes were just like, really, you phoned that one in, folks. Um, but uh, I recently started watching the uh, I think a 2010 ish uh, series Scooby Doo Mystery Incorporated um, because I had seen some episodes back when it was uh, when it was airing originally or shortly after, and I remembered it had a really kind of fun overarching plot like across the entire series there's this big mystery that they're solving in the context of all of these little mysteries and it does a lot of poking fun at the original series it like references a lot of the the like the original ghosts and monsters quote unquote uh and i thought that that was really interesting but holy shit the character writing is terrible like every oh. single one of it, i mean every single one of them is written to be the worst parody of like like the the worst stereotype of their characters uh like like fred is just like uh, imbecilic and like obsessed with traps but then has this whole thing of like oh i might actually have feelings and i'm not really a guy i have feelings and I'm like oh okay that's dumb uh, Daphne's only contribution is fawning over Fred and getting caught, which, I mean, I guess that's pretty true to her original character. Um, but what really irks me is that they have Velma being just a petty and vindictive, shitty person, all while being obsessed with trying to force a relationship with Shaggy. And like, this plot makes no sense. This is terrible writing for this character. And like, you don't even make it like, like fun or believable that like, you know, the, there's hints at like a, a little, you know, almost like just kind of like ships in the night friends could have been romantic, but wasn't in Velma. And I, I think that that's kind of a riff on, on maybe on this storyline. I don't know, but like, it's just bad. Like she's just really badly written. And then of course there's these constant moments of them, them forcing Shaggy to choose between her and, and Scooby. And they even have Scooby being shitty about it. I'm like, He's the fucking dog, man. Let the dog just live. And so anyway, I'm still watching it. It's still terrible. <laughs> uh, but I just wanted to update you on such that. As, such as the theme of our podcast is like, <laughs> this is terrible. I'm still watching it, but it's terrible. <laughs> we've been through for the past five years. You know, I needed something new to like just to binge in like the, the late nights when like I just I can't fall asleep and Ellen's in bed and it was the no, the new series of DuckTales, and I finished that, and that was very good. This is the opposite. This is very bad. Um, but all that, uh, I, I found one more piece of nostalgia from my, my youth to ruin for myself this week. Go on. Uh, you know that uh, in another life where I was more interested in being a student or doing work or anything that requires effort. Sure. Um, I might have gone into urban planning. And so yeah. like it should be no surprise to you. I've always enjoyed like city planning games like SimCity and things like that. And I was thinking the other day, like, I wanna I wanna play a game like that again. It's been a while, but I want it to be like a really casual one. I didn't I didn't want to get into like City Skyline or something like that, which is I'm I'm told like one of the best uh, city building simulators out there and i've seen like footage from it it's pretty incredible but like that eh, just sounds like a lot of work to me so I, I did a google search for casual city building games and turns out that made uh what is that 
I, I, I knew the, the name of the company. Now I, I can't remember it anymore. Uh, the company that makes SimCity, uh, starts with an M, uh, actually made a, an iOS game, or mobile game, iOS and Android, uh, SimCity Build It. And so I oh, downloaded okay. that. I downloaded that on my iPad yesterday, and I started playing, and uh, immediately blew like the entire second half of yesterday and first half of today on it. Um, it's terrible. It is. Uh, it is one of those like freemium, ninety-seven oh, different yeah. currencies, and in order to like to to make any progress, you have to dump a boatload of cash into it, which I'm not willing to do. Or you have to just sit and watch your entire city fall apart because like you can't afford uh, the police station and the hospital and the school and the sewage and the other like seventeen things that your your Sims are leaving the city because you you didn't do for them immediately all of that to say uh, we need to wrap this up so i can check on my city <laughs> yeah so uh <laughs> you had mentioned before that you know megan fox relates to the movie we have coming up we have a brand new movie coming up this sunday we're continuing on with our indie darling films uh this sunday we are reviewing the movie big gold brick which has megan fox in it mm -hmm. it is currently streaming on hulu in america as of time of recording um so if you're the type of person that watches movies before we review them that's where it is that's your your weekend watch uh if not Listen in on Sunday to hear our full review, and then you can make your decision based on uh, what we say. Yeah. Either works. Cool. One hey, might work better than the others. Wink, wink. <laughs> oh, those of you on YouTube can see us winking. Uh, those of you on podcast world, you just have to imagine it. Try to guess which eye I was using. Yeah. Uh, so, hey, you know, hit that subscribe button so you get notified when we have brand new episodes every Thursday and Sunday. Uh, leave a rating and review if you can. Like and comment. The whole deal. You know what to do. You've been around the world before. You know what we all ask for. So do it because it would be polite. Or, you know, I don't know. Don't. I'm not your dad. Be a lot cooler if you did, though. Although I might be your dad. It was a wild time. <laughs> uh, you know, listen, uh, the the 2010s were a weird time. Anyways, so uh, thanks a lot for joining us. We super appreciate it. And uh, we will see you on Sunday. I just want to add that if someone is like of the right age to be your child, they probably shouldn't be listening to this show. Yeah, I'll agree with that. Anyway, see y'all later.